You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect with their God-given purpose. Each year, our lead pastor, Pastor Jonathan Del Turco, shares vision that helps us focus as a church. On Vision Sunday, he shared a message called Courage to Connect. We have several ways that you can connect with the church and with each other. We believe God created us to live in a community with others so we can experience the full life He intends for us. Meaningful relationships can be hard to find, and that's why life groups exist, to make life-changing relationships relevant and accessible to you. Life groups are a small gathering of people that meet on a regular basis who share similar interests, are at similar stages in life, or have experience in an area you would like to learn more about. Most of all, a life group can become a place where people know more than just your name. They are people that generally care about what is happening in your life as well. Spring Life Groups launch on February 24th. Check out the Life Groups Finder at intlfamilychurch.com to find out the perfect life group for you. This year, we are dedicated to having the courage to say yes to connection and taking steps toward personal and spiritual growth. That's why we are so excited for our New England Women's Convention to return this May from Thursday, May 9th through Friday the 10th. This event is the perfect opportunity for women of every background and age group to gather together to worship Jesus, celebrate one another, and strengthen their walk with God. Save the date for this year's New England Women's Convention and visit newconline.com. Now here's today's message. Here today, are you ready for God's word today? Come on, let's get right to it. Let's pray together and believe God. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this opportunity we have to study your word today. I believe what we're about to hear will change us. What we're about to hear will help us. What we're about to hear, Father God, will give us hope. What we're about to hear, Father God, I believe will be a word in due season. You know exactly where we are. You know exactly what we need to hear, and you know exactly how hundreds of people need to hear it all at the same time. That's the amazing power of the presence of God. So we thank you for making your word come alive, making it simple, applicable, so we can immediately apply it to every area of our lives. We believe, Father God, that that as we sang today, we will never be the same for being in this service today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you know, the beginning of the year, we uh, gave you our mandate for the year, and our mandate for the year was the courage to connect. And we know that's a very big mandate, probably the most challenging mandate we've ever had in the 37-year history of International Family Church. And, and here's our mandate. I want to read it to you one last time in the context of this series. This is our last part, part four in our four-part series. And here's our mandate. Our mandate is to create an environment that challenges all of us to move beyond ourselves, to let down our walls, remove our masks, and to step out from behind the comfort of our digital screens and have the courage to cultivate true friendships and a deeper level of freedom. Man, I love that. I know that's a tall order for many of us, but I believe this is our year. The mandate is this year to say yes to connections. So in part one, we talked about our most important connection, our connection with God. In order to have healthy connections in other places with other people, you first have to make that connection with God. When you connect with God, every other connection has the possibility then of being a healthy connection. 
part two, we talked about the courage to connect with your dreams. Pastor Josh did an outstanding job to make sure you don't put your dream on the shelf. You don't let any person, place, or thing tell you to stop dreaming or to not believe that your dream is true. Amen. Have the courage to keep dreaming. Last week, we talked about the four benefits of having the courage to connect with others. Oh, we've connected with others before. There's a lot of drama. I get it. There's a lot of issues connecting with people. I understand. We're all flawed. We've got issues. All God's, all God's people got issues. Right? Don't look at me so spiritual. Right? We all do. You know we do. Some are more obvious than others. But there are four benefits. If you will have the courage to connect with others, there are four benefits that will absolutely change your life. Today, I want to talk to you about, in our last part, I want to talk to you about the courage to connect with the help you need. The courage to connect with the help you need. When we talked about this series months and months ago, uh, we felt very strongly about these four subjects. This is not something we just recently came up with. This is something we've really thought about, something we've prayed about. And today, I have a very specific assignment today that I believe is going to be very important. I want to talk to you today about the truth about the lies we believe. The truth about the lies we believe. Now here's our big takeaway. Here's our one main point I want you to go home with today. And here it is. Once the truth about the lies we believe are exposed and replaced, freedom can be a reality in every area of our lives. I got to tell you, this is a big assignment today. I feel the soberness of this assignment I feel the urgency of this assignment, and I feel the joy of this assignment. See, I know what's coming today. I've done it once. I'll do it a third time in a little bit, right? So I know what's coming. I promise you if your hearts will be open, if your minds will be open, if your notebooks and your digital devices or whatever else you need to be open, be open today, I promise you that that this will be of great benefit to you today. Amen. A great verse of scripture to start with today to unpack this would be in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, starting at verse 3. It says this, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. And that's very important. See, the world has a certain system on how they wage war, right? There, There is military and political might, there's manipulation, control, deception. There's all these tools and, 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 and warfare instruments, if you will, bombs and missiles and, and diplomacy and everything else. That's how the world wages war. But as followers of Christ, we need to understand we are also at war. We really are. We are also at war. What's our war? Well, good versus evil. God's plan versus man's plan, right? Truth versus intellectualism. Humility versus pride. We understand that this is real. This is real life. Amen. But we don't wage war like the world does. So our weapons are spiritual weapons. Our weapons are prayer, God's word, the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, the power of the love of God, and the list can go on and on. Amen. So the verse goes on to say, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish what? 
the divine power to demolish strongholds. So I, I want to uncover some things today. I want to expose some things today. Amen. I want you to see clearly today. I promise you, if, if you can just see clearly today, man, it will change your perspective. Strongholds. What's a stronghold? A stronghold is any area of your life that script you. A stronghold, listen, a stronghold, look at me, a stronghold is a strong hold. Right? It's not rocket science. Let's keep it simple. It's a strong hold. Amen. There are many areas of our life that we enjoy freedom. There's no doubt about it. We can go across the room and talk about the freedom that you enjoy and the liberty that you enjoy and where you once were, you aren't there anymore. But every one of us, or most of us, have one or two areas of our lives that we have yet to see freedom about. Oh, so much of our lives, we could say, man, we've made great progress. I'm I'm not who I used to be, but I'm sure not who I'm going to be. But we're in that process of growing and changing and being all that we can be. Amen. But there's these areas that, that will not let you go. Maybe it's in the area of your relationships or your emotions or it's an addiction or it's a destructive habit or you're, you're spending too much or you're, overwhelming, uh, you're overwhelmed in debt. Maybe it's your anger. Maybe it's your bitterness. Maybe it's your lusts. Maybe it's in your mind. Maybe it's in your thoughts. Amen. I don't know what it is. That's not the point this moment. Whatever it is, you haven't been able to shake it. Whatever it is, it seems to track you. Whatever it is, it seems to follow you. Whatever it is, it seems that at the point of victory, man, it comes out of the shadows and it grabs you again and pulls you back to that dark place. Amen. I don't know what it is, but every year, I know there are people, every year they entertain the thought, maybe this is my year. Maybe this is my year to be free. Maybe this is my year to finally break this through in this area. Maybe this is my year. Let me tell you something. I don't want you to lose that thought because I believe it is your year. I believe the fact that God gave us this mandate, the courage to connect, I believe that it can become a reality for you. I believe it can become something that is absolutely yours in the name of Jesus. I believe that this is your year to have the courage to be free and demolish strongholds in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now we'll come back to that in a moment. But verse 5 goes on to say, listen, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Notice that I've amplified and, and highlighted what? Arguments and pretension. Arguments are human reasonings. Arguments are deceptive fantasies. Pretension is where we get the English word pretend. Pretending to be something that you're not. You know what that is? Those are lies. Those are lies. These deceptive fantasies, these lies that pretend to be something that they're not, set themselves up against God's truth, not only overall, God's truth overall, but God's truth about you. Listen very carefully. Come on, next screen. Next screen. God has a truth about you that you have not believed or experienced yet. 
a way he sees you that you don't see in you. But in order for you to find freedom, it is critical that you see it as well. Amen. See, when you don't see what God sees about you, and all you see is what the stronghold says, all you see is the drama, all you see is the darkness and hopelessness, then you cannot experience the freedom that God has for you. Let me put it this way. Here you are, and you see yourself the way you see yourself. Here God is, and here's how he sees you. The farther apart that is, the more drama there will be in between. The more frustration there will be in between. The more heartache and hopelessness and darkness there will be in between. But the closer you begin to get a glimpse of what God sees, God sees you differently than the way you see yourself. Then that lie is telling you who you are. And one of these days, you know what's going to happen? Boom. You're going to see what God sees, and you will be free. That's the will of God. That's the plan of God. It's a truth that you have not believed because you've not been exposed to it, or you heard about it, but you haven't experienced it yet. Amen. And it's a way he sees you that you don't see in you. So my job today is to peel away the lie. My assignment today is really big. If we can peel away the lie, and you can see what God sees about you. Oh my goodness, your life will never be the same. You won't act that way any longer. You won't be that way any longer. You won't have that outlook about your future any longer. Why? Because something changes in you. When I saw how God saw Jonathan Del Turco, all my insecurities fell away. All my inadequacies fell away. All those things that I thought so badly about myself and looked down on myself that I didn't have what it takes to be what I'm being today, what I do today. I, was, I didn't measure up. My life wasn't good enough. My, my disciplines weren't good enough. My, my understanding wasn't, wasn't, wasn't large enough. Amen. But when I saw how God saw Jonathan, it changed everything about Jonathan. Oh man, I'm preaching good already. Wow. Amen. So how do we do this? I got to move along. I'm having too much fun already. 2 Corinthians 10.5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against, notice, it sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Yeah. Sets up against, it stands against what God stands for. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Man, that's so powerful. That's so important that we understand the truth of this today. Now, we're going to get back to that in a moment. But let's go a little deeper in this word stronghold. This actually comes from a, a Bible concordance about the word stronghold. And here it is. A stronghold is a prisoner locked by a deception. Living life by something that is not true. A stronghold feels like it has more power over your life than it actually does. Yeah. It's not true, but you're convinced it is true. Yeah. Have you ever heard how they train elephants? Yeah. You might have heard this before. Many of you have not. But in the context, this is a brilliant illustration. Yeah. Listen very carefully. When the elephant is young, 
they put a chain around the elephant's leg and attached that chain to a post. The elephant at that point in time, because he's young, he can't break out from that chain. But he tries every day. He tries to break free from that chain. What happens is a wound develops around his leg. And every time he moves, it's painful. So what does he do? He stops moving. When he gets older, they replace the chain with a rope and attach that rope to the same post. Now the elephant is older. The elephant can snap that rope at any time. That rope is no match to the elephant's strength. But the elephant thinks it's a chain. And because he thinks it's a chain, he's reminded about the pain he endured. And because he thinks it's a chain, even though he has the power to break free, he doesn't try because he thinks he can't. And because he thinks he can't, it's true. And how many of us are the same exact way? We've been trained by our pain. We've been trained by our shame. We've been trained by our past. We've been, we've been chained to a post, to a memory, to a hurt, to a pain, to a problem, to an issue in our lives. We are strong enough to break free, but either we don't know it or we don't believe it because all we think about is the pain and the shame, and it keeps us trapped in our darkness. It keeps us trapped in our places where we know are not healthy, and it keeps us trapped. And the day we discover, the day that elephant, you've seen it on the news, an elephant goes wild, right, runs through the town, right, and, and gets crazy. Man, the elephant figured out, rope, are you kidding me? I was held by this silly, stupid rope. I'm an elephant. And when he breaks free from that, let me tell you something, you better watch out. And the day you break free, you better watch out. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing when you think about it today. Let me be clear about something. I'm not suggesting today that what you're dealing with is a lie. I'm not suggesting that addiction is a lie. I'm not suggesting that emotional trauma is a lie. I'm not suggesting today that that whatever it is that you're dealing with that has that strong hold on you is a lie. What I'm telling you is a lie. The lie is you'll never change. The lie is there's no hope. The lie is I'll never get free. The lie is I tried and tried and tried and it nothing ever worked. That's the lie. That's the stronghold that grips our mind that convinces us something that's not true. It's the rope around our ankle. It's the rope that tells us you can't break free from this. Yes, you Cam. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Tell your neighbor, yes, you can. You might not realize it, but you're more powerful than that lie. We're going to prove it to you today and help you understand how to be free. I love Beth Moore's definition of the word stronghold. Listen to this. Anything that exalts itself in our minds pretending to be bigger or more powerful than our God. Wow. There's that word pretension. Pretending. 
And then it exalts itself in our minds, in our minds, in our minds. Whenever we believe a lie, when you believe the lie of the devil, you empower the liar. When you believe the lie of the devil, you empower the lie. The power is that the one lying to you has a control over you and you bought into the lie. And you act as if it's true. And you relate more to the lie than you do with what God's will is for you. Whenever we buy into a lie, it's been saying over and over in our minds and reinforcing it with a pain and shame, amen, a stronghold develops. How do you know if you have a stronghold? Well, here are a few symptoms. It steals our focus. You're trying to fulfill your priorities. You're trying to go to work. You're trying to be a wife and a husband. You're trying to be a father and a mother. You're trying to be responsible. But because of your focus is scattered, your, it, your mind becomes consumed by other things and it pulls you away. Yeah. Another symptom is this, causes us to feel controlled. These strongholds make you believe that, that you really are this. N- now it's your identity and the stronghold becomes more real to you than who you really are. Another one that you might not have thought of is consume consume our emotional energy. Strongholds consume our emotional energies. The feeling of hopelessness, despair, anxiety, fear begin to take over and your emotions and you feel drained all the time. Man, you want to come alive. You remember the day you were alive. You remember the day you had energy. You remember the day you wanted to go out. You remember the day you wanted to have fun. You remember the day that you wanted to do things. You remember the day when you were adventurous, but now you have no energy to do it. Why? Because you are emotionally drained. That's a stronghold. One you probably never thought about. Maybe you did. It distracts us from our purpose. Think about this. I really believe this. I really believe that the devil doesn't really care if you go to heaven. I think he feels like, you know what? I don't mind that he or she goes to heaven just as long as they take nobody else with them. He basically says, I've lost them from his perspective. They're followers of Christ. They're on their way to heaven. I just want to make sure that they don't impact anybody else's life. Therein is the distraction from our purpose. Because the devil knows, man, when they pray, they don't pray about others. They pray about themselves. It's all about them. Perfect. I'll make it all about them. I'll make it so consuming that they'll never walk in their purpose. They'll never do anything that matters. And that's the lie of the devil. And the devil says, you know what? A stronghold means that I'm so distracted from my purpose. It's all about me. I don't pray for others. I'm too busy praying for me. Last but not least, robs us from our abundant life. Some of you have lost the idea that's even possible. Abundant life, right. I'm in survival mode. But Jesus came to give you life. And he came for you to enjoy that life. The Bible says, to the full, until it overflows. 
Don't you dare give up on that reality. It is God's will for you to walk in everything Jesus bled and died for. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. Why would you not walk in what Jesus shed his blood for? Why would you not walk in what Jesus died for? He suffered for it. Amen. He went to hell so you wouldn't have to live in hell on earth. And it's time for you to rise up and say, I will possess everything Jesus died for. Everything he shed his blood for. Everything he shed his, and he died for and suffered for belongs to me. Is that your attitude today? It needs to be your attitude today. That's why I love this verse in 2 Timothy. Wow, this is good today. I have to say so myself. <laughs> 2 Timothy 2.26, listen. They will come to their senses and escape from the trap yes. of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Yes. I read this and I read, they will come to their senses and escape and wake up. Yes. Wake up. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Wake up. No, you didn't say it strong enough. <laughs> Tell them, wake up. <laughs> Have a little attitude about you. Amen. Maybe tilt your head. Put your hand on your hip. Hey, dude, wake up. Right? Wake up. Amen. And I'm praying today that you will wake up from the lie. You'll wake up from the stronghold. You'll wake up and say, wait, 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 wait. What? You just described me. What? You mean I'm, I've got a stronghold? You mean I've been buying into a lie? Where have I been? I need to wake up. I need to escape. I need to understand there's a way out of this today. Oh, my, 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 my. So how do we do this? How do we demolish strongholds? Well, here's what Jesus describes the process of freedom in Luke eleven twenty one. When a strong man, we can say when a stronghold, armed to the teeth, stands guard in his front yard, his property is safe and sound. See, the strong man today, or your stronghold, is saying to you, don't listen to him. What's he know? What's he know about your situation? Don't listen to him. Come on, don't, don't go there. See, the devil wants you to hear this today because he wants you to, to know, man, he's in charge. But what if? What if a stronger man comes along with a superior weapon? Wow. What if this morning? What if, if you came alive to realize, what? My Jesus is stronger than you. What? God's word is stronger than you. What? My faith in God is stronger than you. What? Amen. What if today? See, you know what's going to happen? When a strong man comes up against a stronger man, if he's smart, he runs away. That's what's going to happen today. See, you have to understand something. The devil is a bully. Punch him in the nose, and he runs away. Sometimes you don't even have to punch a bully in the nose. All you got to do is... He's a bully. He's a bully. He loves controlling people. You know as well as I do. Man, I, I, I came across a bully when, in grade school. I got myself in trouble, and I had to go to detention, and my parents and so forth, this bully. You know what I did? I punched him in the nose. Now, my father's a pastor. Pastor's sons don't use violence. 
But I was done with this. I was done with this. I was done with his stupidity. And you understand something? All the way through high school, we were the best buddies. And I bloodied his nose. Right? That's a bully. When you stand your ground, the bully runs. He doesn't want a confrontation. He wants you to think he's bigger than you and he's more powerful and they usually are bigger. Big mouths, right? Am I in the right room? Amen. What if a stronger man comes along with superior weapons? It goes on to say, then he's beaten at his own game. The arsenal that gave him such confidence hauled off and his precious possessions plundered. That's Jesus' teaching about the process of freedom. Listen, it would be my honor to walk every single one of you through this spiritual journey of freedom. Be my honor today and this year to continue help you walk through, amen, and guide you and open the door for life groups today. Open the door for freedom groups today. We'll say more about that in a moment. Open the door to opportunities and possibilities for you to finally hear what you need to hear. So let me give you three quick action steps, and this won't take long today. Three action steps. Number one, take back your thought life. Take it back. Identify anything that brings you down. Identify anything and anyone who causes you to digress, that brings you to the dark side. What are those things? Social media? Right? Is it uh, social media? Is it, is it people? Uh, is it maybe the news? Is it, who knows? It could be many things that cause you to go to the dark side. Right? I know there are certain people that you obviously can't get rid of. I mean, they're, 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 they're a spouse or part of your family or you go to school with or you work with. I, I get that. The point is, you need to do whatever you can do to guard your mind and take back your thought life. That might not be pretty and it might be a little messy. But the point is, you want to be free. You cannot win with the enemy constantly in your ear. His battleground is right between your two ears. Do you understand that there's been more battles won and lost between your ears than around the world in world wars and conflicts? Right here between your ears. That's the devil's battleground. The battleground's not out here. He wants you to be out here because he wants you to use natural things. But when you understand spiritual things, you understand the battle is between your ears. My greatest battles, my greatest fights of faith have been right here in my thought life, right here in my mind. I win or I lose between my ears. Remember the verse we started with, Romans 8, 5, is another similar verse. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, those who say, what am I doing? This isn't even good for me. What am I doing? I, 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 what? I can't believe I'm doing this. That you're dominated by your sinful nature. You know those things don't produce life. Amen. By the sinful nature, think about sinful things. When you're consumed with doing what you want to do and hurting yourself and doing those things that are no good for you, you are dominated by that. But there's another way of living. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they also think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. You're going to die. Oh, I'm not necessarily mean physical death. Your dream's going to die. Your hope's going to die. 
your dream will die. The thing you held dear dies. There's a lot of death that happens way before death actually takes place. You're going to die. Listen very carefully, though. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. There is life and peace waiting for you. There is the life of God and the peace of God that passes all understanding waiting for you today. Amen. You're doing fine. This is how it works. You're doing fine. Then one day, man, this hot woman passes by. You're doing fine, or this handsome, good-looking six-pack with a puppy walks by. Right? And you do, oh, ooh, ah, whoa, ay, ay, ay. Right? That's the best I got. So you fill in the blanks. Because you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly the real life that I'm talking about today. Amen. And the great news is we can, if we'll make right choices, we can overcome today. We get the journey. We get the dance. We understand how it works. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Listen to the statement. I will never change my life until I change the way I think. If you don't change the way you think, you will never change your life. Amen. Let's go right to number two. The second action step we need to take to demolish strongholds is number two, identify the lie. Or identify the stronghold. Identify the grip. Identify the lie. The lies around addictions, the lies around relationships and friendships, the lies around hopeless and despair, the lies around anger and rage. I mean, the list goes on and on. The Bible says in John 8, when the devil lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. I, my native language is English. I know a lot of Italian. I don't know it fluently. I once used to. Uh, my parents were missionaries in, 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 in Italy for, for several years, and as a young child, I learned Italian fluently, but my, my, my native language is English. Maybe your native language is Spanish, Portuguese, Swahili, Mandarin, Creole, whatever it is in your life, that's your native language. So when you open up your mouth, guess what you speak? Your native language. When the devil opens up his mouth, all he speaks is lies. That's his native language. If you see the devil move his lips, he's lying. He's lying. He cannot tell you the truth. So anything he tells you, believe the opposite, and you're probably pretty good. Because all he can do is lie. Amen. Listen very carefully. We need to know this. We need to know this because when we expose the lie, listen, when we expose the lie, we defeat the liar. Yes. Remember when you believe the lie, you empower the liar? Yes. Well, when you expose the lie, we defeat the liar. Man, that's good. 
You are not a victim. You are a victor. You're not unlovable. You are loved and valuable. You are not expendable. You are needed and necessary. You are not useless. You have a purpose and a destiny. Amen. That's so important that you believe it today. Identify the lie. And last but not least, number three, replace the lie with God's truth. Replace the lie with God's truth. It's not enough just to take back your thought life. It's not enough just to identify the lie. Amen. We have to replace it with the truth. There needs to be a new way of thinking in your mind. Now, here's the truth and nothing but the truth. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than our God. Say that with me. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than my God. I want to take a minute, and I want you to watch this. I want you to watch about a couple who put that phrase into operation. One of the couples here at IFC, listen what happened in their lives. Be inspired by what you see. My name's Chris. This is my awesome wife, Claire. So I have a cleaning business called Sweeping Beauties. I've been in business for 33 years in December. Honestly, we, we live paycheck to paycheck. I have always made enough money to like cover it so it didn't seem like it was a big deal. 2012, we ended up going to financial peace. We did the budget for a month, I believe, or maybe two months. And then um, for myself, it was like so overwhelming. It's almost like I wasn't ready to do someone else's plan. I had to bang my head against the wall, you know, a few more years. And I can hear pastor in the background saying, how's that working for you? And um, it wasn't working. I was getting laid off, um, you know, three months four months of the year, consistently. Seeing my wife doing the bills, I was just like, wow, something's gotta give, you know? We ne didn't have money to pay our estimated taxes, but every time I come home from work and I'm like, oh, I just wanna go out to dinner, we went out to dinner. And we spent, I would say on an average, 1000 to $1,500 a month going out to dinner. Crazy. We went to a restaurant that I really don't like. We get in the car and I'm mad. I'm mad that we just went out to dinner for $140 to a restaurant that we don't even like to food that's not worth that much money. We were mad in that car, but I think we were sick and tired. Like, this is ridiculous. What we're doing is not working and it's stopping today. We decided that we were going to do financial peace starting now. I remember Pastor Verna saying something, you know, small adjustments bring radical change, you know? I got the podcast the next week mm -hmm. and started listening to it on the way home. And that actually helped me, you know, be prepared for the plan. Our second mortgage where we did construction at the house was $31,400. We had a van payment of $10,800. We had a third mortgage of $6,000 and we had credit cards of $12,700. So we had about $61,000 in consumer debt. The whole month of September, what I did was all the bills that came in, I wrote everything down, what we owed on it, how much is it a month, and I did my fir our first budget on October 2017. Awesome. When I started getting laid off, I was praying for work, and 
I got blessed with this crazy old time. When we started being a good steward of the money, that's when he was blessed with all the overtime and just working and not getting laid off. You know, you gotta be careful what you pray for because I was working so much <laughs> overtime that I was like, almost complaining about it. From our first experience in 2012, where I had to write everything down, I hated it. I hated it. But with having the app, you just put it in the app, awesome. and it's so easy. For me, it was freeing, and we stuck to it. So the day came where we had enough money uh, to pay off um, the annuity loan that we had. You know, I usually go south on 495, so I went straight right into Boston. I pull up to the bank, and all of a sudden, I get this feeling like, like joy. Like a little kid, like going somewhere to open presents or something. I go in the bank, I asked him here to pay off my loan. I wrote the check out. I had to take a picture of the, uh, me holding the check up. I was just so happy. I never thought we'd pay this off. I'm just glad we um, finally had implemented the plan. We paid almost, oh, almost $61,000 in 14 months. We also cash flowed $20,000 in our taxes for 2017 and our estimated taxes for this year. Awesome. <laughs> Being on a plan um, enables us to, you know, dream again. Being able to give. Yeah, amen. And then leaving an inheritance for your kids' kids. That seems so, like, out there, you know, five years ago, but now it's actually it's something doable. that can be done. Yeah. My daughter's going is getting married October of next year and she's going to be able to have her wedding debt free. And the thing is with me is it forces me to communicate with her about money. Thank you Jesus. I trust my husband now financially. I can trust him that he is not going to overspend, I, that he's not going to just whip out his debit card because he can. Chris and I always had a good marriage. Now we have a great marriage. He calls me up and asks, "Hun, do we have any money in the budget, in the checking account for blah, blah, blah? I'm like, yeah, and that makes me feel so it's loved. It's awesome. Makes me feel so loved. It's awesome. Come on. Isn't that great? Now maybe the help you need is not debt reduction or being debt free. Whatever the help you need is, yeah. there's help for you. Now today, immediately after the service, the life group they're talking about is Financial Peace University. It's all about the strategy on how to get out of debt. Matthew Scott's up there. He's a, he, he leads that life group, and it's a, an amazing opportunity for those of you that, that find yourself in that situation. And there's other many life groups up there that'll help you reach a place out of desperation, out of need, out of enjoyment, whatever the motivation is, so that you can be a part of what God is doing. Put that last statement up one more time. There it is. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than the God I serve. Then our God. Say, Pastor, wait a minute. You don't understand. The doctor said there's no cure for this. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than the God I serve. Pastor, you don't understand. I've tried and tried and tried to change. I can't change. It doesn't seem to work. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than our God.
Pastor, you don't get to understand. I've made a lot of wrong choices. I've hurt a lot of people that I love. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than the God I serve. Pastor, you don't understand. Man, I, there, I, I just live in this dark place. I, I'm depressed and I'm overwhelmed by life. Say it with me. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than the God I serve. Oh, I'm telling you something, church. This is so real today. This is so powerful. I pray you're getting this today. One last verse, and I'm stopping right now. It says this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. It says what? Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. This word scheme is the Greek word noema, which means well thought out schemes used on the mind. He says here, put on the full armor of God. What in the world? Why do I need armor? Well, do you need armor to be out for a walk? Do you need armor to go down a stroll down by the lake? You need armor just to kind of live life and whatever? No. Why do we need armor? There's a war going on. And the Bible is a lot more aggressive than most how most Christians live. If you're looking for a bland, sweet, tame, kumbaya Christianity, you're living a lie. You're living a lie. Jesus didn't come for a tame, calm, laid back, kumbaya, let's just all get along and love each other and be sweet. And there's a part of the Christianity that I get that. But let me tell you something. You're in a battle. Every day you need to be equipped. Civilians who are untrained in battle die all the time. And you need to understand there is armor. And it goes on to say there's armor for your head, there's armor for your chest, there's armor for your waist, there's armor for your feet, there's actually a shield. And then it tells us there's one last piece of armor, and that's our offensive armor. And what's verse 18 says? Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. See, the first two action steps, as awesome as they are, to capture your thoughts and identify the lie, if that's all you do, you'll get stuck in this cycle of two steps, and you'll get frustrated, because you'll think, man, this is good. I'm capturing my thoughts, and I'm identifying the lie, and that's awesome, and that's great, but you'll get frustrated because you won't change. You're stuck with the two. You need the third. You need to have the third part of this. The third part of this is where the power comes from. The third part of this is where the freedom comes from. The third part of this is true. Amen. And how do we replace the lie with the truth? Listen very carefully. How do we do that? We declare what the Word of God says. The truth, and the inferences in this verse is, the truth you know will set you free. It's not just truth that sets you free. If that's true, we'd all be free. It's the truth you know. It's the truth you own. It's the truth you investigated. It's the truth you read. It's the truth you renewed your mind to. That will set you free. Remember our big takeaway. Once the truth about the lies we believe are exposed and replaced, freedom 
can be a reality in every area of your life. Wow. Man, I don't know about you, but this word made me happy today. And what's happy about why I'm happy is because you heard it. And I believe it got in your soul. And I believe you heard it for how you need to hear it so it can produce life and victory. Oh, it's just the start. It's the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more we can say. Next week, Pastor Josh starts a two-part series on identity, who you are in Christ, who the real you is. Remember that illustration? We want to get you closer and closer and closer to who you think you are, to who God knows you are, and how he declares you are in Christ so that can become a reality in your life. As soon as the service is over, I invite you to join us for a free cup of coffee up in the cafe, second floor. Visit, visit all the uh, different um, life groups. Listen, visit, meet the life group leaders. Thank you, life group leaders, 70 of you, for saying yes to life groups this year. Thank you. Thank you for having the courage to lead a life group. Now you have the courage to join one. There are many life groups. There are also something called freedom groups. And what's a freedom group? A freedom group is we, two of our best teachers are going to be teaching a freedom group, which basically is who you are in Christ, understanding your spiritual foundation so you can walk in freedom. Pastor Tom will meet this Wednesday at 7.30. It's only a six-week course. This Wednesday, 7.30 in the Youth Auditorium. And then March 10th, not this next Sunday, but the Sunday after, Suzanne Young will be here Sunday morning at 8.45. Amen. In the Next Steps room where you can grow and learn. Six weeks. What could happen to you in six weeks? This doesn't need to take a year or two. What can happen to you in six weeks? What can happen to you in just one semester of life groups? Oh my, will you help us help you? We're doing our best to do whatever we can to say, here's the opportunity. It's your move. Tag, you're it. Let's stand to our feet. Ooh, hallelujah. Will you raise those hands towards heaven for just a moment? Come on, if you can, everybody in the room, raise those hands towards heaven. It's good for you. That universal sign of surrender. Father, thank you for what we heard today. It was a lot of information. But I pray, Father God, it was more than just information. I pray it was more than just inspiration. I pray it was the seed sown for transformation in our lives. If you've come awake to a stronghold in your life, this is your turn to have the courage to get the help you need. Whatever it is, let us help you. Be willing, be open, whether it's us or somebody else. Whatever it is, it's time for you. Whatever it is, counseling, therapy, whatever. We believe in all of it. Whatever you need, don't you dare let your pride stop you from having the courage to get the help you need. With every eye closed, the greatest act of courage is to be willing to admit, I need Jesus. I need my sins forgiven. I need heaven to be my home.
I want to make sure that when my life is over, heaven is where I'll be. It's very important that you understand to be in right standing with God. Only way to do that is having the courage to make the greatest connection of all and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sin. I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. I want to start a relationship with you. Jesus didn't come to set up a religion. He came to set you free. He came to start a relationship with you. He'll never hurt you. He'll never abuse you. He'll never set you up. He'll never put you down. He'll only build you up because that's the kind of Savior we have today. You can put your hands down for a moment. In a moment, though, if that's you and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus, I'm going to ask you in a moment to raise your hand. Why? I don't want to embarrass you. No, I'm not going to call you forward. Absolutely not. I want you to know I need Jesus. And it's an intentional act of my own will to open up my heart and say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus today. If it's that to you, will you raise your hand nice and high? Say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Who else? Thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All the way in the back, I see it. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Wonderful. Yes, sir, I see it. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? Yeah, back there, I see it. Thank you. Raise it up high. Who else today? I'm ready. I can't do this by myself. I need Jesus. I need something bigger and more powerful than me. I can't do this alone. Anybody else today? Everybody, including you online, let's pray this prayer together. Let's pray it together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I'm so overwhelmed. But I need you today. Forgive me for my sin. I declare you as my Lord. I turn my back on my past. I want to serve you. I receive by faith forgiveness, eternal life, salvation. I surrender under your, under your lordship. You lead the way, and I'll follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give him praise today. How awesome. Now, Father, for everyone in this room that's identified a stronghold in their lives, for everyone in this room that has said, yeah, boy, I see it now. I have believed a lie. I thank you, Father, that this is their day to break free. This is their day to break the rope. This is their day to believe they are stronger than what they think they are that they do have the goods, that God does love them, that they are important and they are valuable and there is hope. And I pray today, Father God, that we make that choice to say, this is my opportunity. I will have and I do have the courage to get the help I need. I will not rest. I will wake up. I am awake. And I long to be free. And I pray, Father God, that this is their day, that freedom becomes a reality in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great afternoon. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. 
You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.